Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing balance in the media. Okay, Peter, kick us off. You've got something on your mind with this. Yeah, so I, I uh, spotted a piece in The Guardian uh, by uh, Rupert Reed, who I believe is a climate change um, scientist. Um, and it relates also to a story of, from 2016 where uh, the, um, the BBC Today programme got in trouble with Ofcom, the, um, commu- the um, media broadcast regulators, um, for trying to seek balance. So uh, Rupert was asked by BBC Cambridgeshire to go on a show to talk about climate change um, and uh, they were they, when the BBC phoned him up they said we're also getting a climate change denier on to provide balance and this this article was all about how uh, how he said how he declined the offer um, and uh, why he declined it and what he what his perception of the problem with balance was in in an issue that um, that uh, is as he put it is more or less as well decided as ca- as smoking is bad for you there's no there's kind of there's no need for any more debate we should be moving on and discussing what's the best way of tackling it rather than is there actually a problem in the first place so his problem was all about balance being kind of in the wrong place and this there's not needing a balance issue okay so our interest specifically what was the um, the sh- was it? Did you say it was a radio show or TV show? So it's yeah, it was BBC Cambridgeshire Radio, I think. And what was it going to? It must have been about a certain aspect of climate change. Uh, well, he didn't mention what the program was about, but they were having some fo- they're having some sort of debate on 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 the air, um, and he was there to talk about climate change and the science of, and they were having a climate change denier on there to provide balance presumably by climate change denier we're probably talking about someone who accepts that climate change is sort of happening but doesn't think it's anything to do with humans or something well he didn't go in didn't go into that but the the the, the other thing i the other thing is that i mentioned was the bbc today program um they 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 they're often they're often um criticized for this about the balance problem because they they um they 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 often sort of confound and confuse listeners because they they do this, a similar thing so often they have they've, they've had they had lord lawson on uh, uh as they they kind of go-to climate change denier whenever they need balance inverted commas um and uh he yeah so the, the i've seen criticisms of him having him on, on the show where you know he's just an mp no scientific training whatsoever he's just Known for having slightly wacky views, including one thing, which is the climate change. So he's a good, he's a good go-to guy for the opposite point of view from the mainstream. And the the, the question is, why do why why do we seek this balance thing? And if 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 it's if it's important, how do we get it in the right place? How do we decide what you know? You've got to decide roughly what's true in order to provide balance around that truth thing. Uh, and at what point should the BBC just grow a pair? and take a view on things which are obviously patently true. Okay, so it reminds me a little bit of another podcast we did where we talked about flat earthists. And you could say, well, look, let's say we're going to have a debate um, you know, about whether we should get return to the moon or not, whether that's a good idea, but let's make sure we get a flat, flat earthist Absolutely. here in as well. I'd take them all there. I'd take them all with you Yeah, and uh, put them there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Give them the ride of their life. Put them on the exact other side of the earth. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, what we don't want to do here, we, I mean, we could sort of, okay, I mean, is is climate change caused by humans, is, that's done and dusted, right? And I think the scientific community is pretty much unanimous on that, well, that's, right? Well, let's not even, I mean, let's We don't even need to go down that. Let's just I mean, say more or less. Let's just say, and not go bother talking check about out Wikipedia, change. there are big loads of studies about how many scientists agree with human human cause climate change it's about 95 percent yeah i mean, not, yeah, I, mean I, get, I get i get kind of worried about the idea that well 95 percent of people agree therefore there's you know no controversy all that it shouldn't you know the alternative viewpoint shouldn't be discussed and i and just you know as a kind of uh, as a as an illustration i mean don't, don't forget that the list of things that were um, you know, at one point, controversial uh, mm. includes things like, you know, the fact that meteorites came from outer space, the theory of plate tectonics, um, the theory of evolution, the germ theory of disease, the ma mechanical theory of heat. All of these things that are now totally accepted scientific fact were once ran counter to what everyone knew or at least believed that they knew. Um, you know, so we've got to be... Uh, we, we, I, I don't like the idea that the criterion for deciding whether or not something's settled is polling experts, particularly. Um, I'm not going to sit here and offer a simplistic alternative, but uh, I just, just want to say that often people will say, well, 95% of climate scientists agree, therefore it's settled and, you know, there's no need to have a debate. I, I don't think one follows from the other. Um, so, are there other? I mean, are there other examples, other areas we can think of? I mean, we gave you the example of of, of um, climate change. Um, what other areas potentially, which appear to be contentious, but actually, in actual fact, are probably wrapped up? Is there is there something similar? Well, there's a there's an analogy. I think there's a an analogy with something else that we've done to death, and other people have done to death. Brexit. So, was is Brexit a good idea or not? Um, during the Brexit campaign, both sides, neither side gave very convincing or detailed arguments about what the economic benefits or the social benefits of, go of remaining or leaving actually were. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, so there, was, there wasn't very much information out there for people well, to I, make an informed decision. I think this is an interesting uh, test case, right? Well, it's recent. It's in everyone's mind. Um, and actually something we could use to discuss this topic of balance. So rather than looking at a number of different issues and ask what balance looks like, um, the, if you take the Brexit issue and, uh, you know, it, this and this is where I think people's allegation of sort of liberal bias in the media and things like the BBC particularly is often being accused of liberal bias. And that, among other things, actually is why they're so keen to show that they're balanced. Um, but it, the that, uh, you know, the. There were there were a lot of people talking about economic benefits, and it's, as far as I can, you know, as far as as far as I can judge, you know, the the economic uh, benefits of staying in the EU uh, quite clearly outweigh the economic benefits of leaving. Right, so it's definitely a net economic positive uh, to stay in the EU. That's more or less settled. But that isn't, you know, the the point is that people who voted um, Brexit by and large weren't voting about uh, on economic issues. 
you could look you could look balanced by um, by by choosing to hold a discussion about the economic benefits or costs of staying in the EU, because then you know you you could have people on both sides, but it would be clear that the the arguments for staying, the economic arguments for staying, were were um, were probably stronger than the economic arguments for leaving. But then uh, you know that would ignore the fact that that uh, there are a whole load of other arguments that people in fact were swayed by. And I, so things like immigration, mm. uh, you know, which um, I can see, you know, I can I can sort of imagine why the BBC might want to avoid those sorts of discussions. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so the BBC's charter doesn't it, it, there's an agreement accompanying the charter, which uh, w- merely tells them to cover things that are controversial in a balanced way. And, and I guess that's that's the key thing is how do we know when something is controversial v settled, you know? Uh, are there objective criteria we can point to that say, look, this is this is no longer controversial? Um, I mean, in, in a sense, you know, is it, is it enough that quite, you know, you have a, some significant majority of people on, uh, or a significant minority on one side? You know, if it's sixty forty or seventy thirty, or if it's you know ninety nine percent of people think something's the case, does it stop being controversial? You know, is there a cut off there somewhere? I'm trying to think how the mechanics of a decision would be made about this by, let's say, I don't know, a producer or editor at the BBC. Right, this local news station, you know, at what point would they say to themselves, why would we have, yes, we need balance, but all this is settled. Maybe they would argue that it's not settled. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, the BBC have got an army of researchers whose job it is to inform the news desks, the reporting, the website, and to feed programs like the, the, um, the Today programme and all the other news programmes and comment programmes. So they've got this army of researchers whose job it is to find content, find useful things and interesting things and prime prime the production and prime the scripts and prime the questions. Um, so if they were doing their job right, you know, they could quite, they, and they, were, they had regional and um, subject matter experts, they could get a good feel for what is broadly the scientific consensus on, on any topic. And that should reflect what's kind of rep in, in the literature and in amongst, in the, um, in the, uh, the academic community that's looking at that topic I mean, but the problem we're talking about, but the problem sorry. is that that the, the 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 kind of there's often a sort of correlation between the kind of the liberal the liberal left mm. percent the liberal left kind of uh, ideas and uh, and, and uh, worries and whinges with the scientific progression so you know climate change is 97 percent believed to be true by the academics but that's still quite a liberal kind of thing to worry about particularly in the in the u.s um but it's you know it's kind of taken as a given amongst most scientists i mean well you're starting to sort of get onto what i was thinking about the 95 percent of scientists believe that um human-made climate change is pretty much established but if you would go to the population of lar- at large in the uk let's say i wonder what percentage of people think um, yeah i think a lot i think a lot less it's going to be a lot less and so therefore 50%, so it's going right. to be uh, so that's so where the bbc so might sort of turn around and say well look we need balance because half the population you know yeah so well, is it balance against your readership so cynically you might say well they're just worried about missing out on viewing mm. figures because they're trying to satisfy the public or are they should they be being balanced around what is where the real truth point is and that's where it goes back to the bbc charter where i think one of the things it talks about is education i think but this is i think where this is this is the thing that worries me about about deciding to throw balance out in cases where you you think it's settled is is that um sometimes 
you know, it's very hard to know about your own biases. And it, and, and I, I feel like, you know, some people think that certain things are absolutely, obviously true. Um, I, I mean, I'll give you a reasonably controversial example. I mean, it's not that controversial because it's been covered on more or less. But let's take the gender wage gap, right? Every year the earnings survey comes out and then there's a story about the gender wage gap, the fact that women are getting paid less than men. Now, any, everyone who's done serious research into the drivers of uh, any wage gap has concluded that there isn't really. It really doesn't really exist. You know, the, the gap is between the types of work that women do, uh, you know, the kinds of uh, levels of seniority that they're at, the fact that it's part-time versus full-time and all of those kinds of things, that actually people doing the same job, men and women get paid the same, more or less, with a almost minuscule kind of difference. Um, now, the way that that's covered on the BBC uh, sort of suggests that, well, the wage gap is a real thing, and that's, you know, um, that, that's, that, and I can see that that makes sense, because that is more or less the consensus of people who haven't kind of gone, uh, gone out, yeah, well, out of their I, way so to... It, I, I, where I, it, on the BBC, it's covered as if it's a matter of opinion, when actually it's a thing you can measure and test, and you can demonstrate that it is or isn't there. Well, it's even, I'm not sure it's quite as simple as that because, of course, it, you know, any study is going to have to make certain assumptions, you know, about the there's going to be the way that you sample the data and all of those kinds of things. So, and I think, you know, in in real life, there's, you know, there's, 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 it's always difficult to work out what actually, uh, you know, how to interpret scientific studies. There's always the possibility of some sort of selection bias or, um, you know, or, or some other variable that you haven't collected data on and controlled for. But, but no, it's just that if you look at the way that the BBC covers issues, which um, kind of uh, are difficult for, for, um, you know, people from the from the left to to, to think about. Um, so I mean, if you I think if you take uh, you know based on my understanding of um, you know the kind of people who work at the BBC and make editorial decisions, they're going to be uh, you know as as inclined to think well the existence of the gender pay gap is obviously a real thing. Now maybe we'd better get some weirdo men's rights type guy on to for a bit of balance, but it, we kind of don't really need that because it's settled. Um, and they would also quite naturally think, well, cli- anthrop- anthropogenic climate change is, is settled, so maybe we should get a climate change denier on, uh, you know, for a bit of balance, but that's basically settled. And, the, and the, the thing is that one of those things, probably, at least in my view, uh, does exist and one of them doesn't. Uh, and, and yet, you know, you can see how an institution's biases, what, what, it, what it sort of culturally holds to be obviously true, can still have biases. Um, you, you know, even if it thinks it's trying to, even if it thinks it's trying to, uh, you know, to be as objective as possible, uh, and that's my worry about doing away with balance. I mean, I, I'm not advocating that we get rid of this concept of balance in the media. My, I take issue with the way that the balance is arrived at. So, um, I, I have faith that the BBC researchers and the people feeding the feeding the content to the Today program, etc., they have done their research a bit, and they have seen. The, the previous 20, 30 years is indicating that the debate on climate change, human climate change, no human climate change, has gone a certain direction. So they're sort of, they are, they should be advocating that particular direction. In, you know, in, in, because in, uh, uh, I have faith that the, the academic system, for all its inefficiencies, uh, generally does find new revelations and does does dispel old, old um, held uh, bias beliefs and all sorts of things so good example you would be you know einstein came up with a load of new theories and was very unpopular 
amongst the sort of classic Newtonian physics. They, the, the physics of that time, they thought they had basically nailed it and they understood how the whole universe works. But Einstein working on, working on the back of some of the things that Planck had done and all sorts of things came up with a whole new set of theories that totally undermined all of that. Um, and eventually, it's taken 50 years, 80 years for a lot of his, thing, a lot of his theories to be demonstrated. But we've got there. We've got this whole new branch of physics because of Einstein. Yeah, I think the problem is that the kinds of things that people talk about on the BBC are sort of messy social problems. That's 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 where you know it's not it's not as clear cut as we're here's here's an absolutely killer. Here's a Mitchelson Morley type experiment where we can just show that you know that a certain theory of light propagation is wrong. Um, you know, it's things like should we ban energy energy drinks? Uh, you know, and you'll get someone from the British, uh, from the BMA, you know, coming on and saying, um, you know, yes, it, it, they cause obesity. Uh, you know, and then you get someone else sort of saying, well, no, because we should, we shouldn't just, you know, ban people from buying things even if they're bad for them. And that's what most of the debates look like. You know, on if you listen to the Today, Today program, there isn't going to be some killer bit of evidence out there. You know, yeah. in a sense, sort of both sides have got something to say there, and and they're disagreeing. Uh, you know, often sometimes not even disagreeing about facts necessary but disagreeing about what we ought to do yeah um you know so it's a kind of uh yeah to take the sort of hypothetical brexit debate you know you might have people who are saying well the economy is important and other people saying well social cohesion is important and we don't like uh immigration we think it undermines it and that would be a disagreement about which of those things would be uh is more important rather than a disagreement about facts um so yeah i guess all i'm saying is that i'm instinctively concerned about the idea that we should sort of abandon balance or at least you know i know no one's saying we should but at least that that you know someone should be able to say well this one even though it's controversial we all know we all us here us us intelligent people we all know that really this is settled so mm. we're not going to bother with balance we're not going to get those cranks and weirdos on who you know who think that meteorites come from outer space because we all know they're generated by volcanoes that's that's the thing that's my concern is that you know the the the, fa- the in fact that decision is going to have to be made by someone who who is just as likely as I mean, anyone else to have a have a certain set of biases going on we had another podcast where we talk about long held beliefs that mm. were then reversed right didn't we didn't we do that yes we did that um, yeah. and wouldn't that fall into this category where and there were some things I know we mentioned early on you gave a list of stuff but there were some things that you know were orthodoxy received and received orthodoxy for a long long time um, well I mean take social there's loads of social stuff I mean this is more about preferences. yeah no but is there anything that's yeah, sort like of more in the scientific realm of things there well, is yeah whole, science is easy it's easy to point to loads of scientific revolutions where absolutely total orthodoxy has been overturned um, by facts but it's also social preferences you know that you take you know 150 years ago you could marry a 12 year old um, but you know homosexuality was was uh, a criminal offense it's the other way around now you know social change um often eventually you know starts out with someone being very transgressive and 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 very controversial and you know where everyone else knows that this is some a new and harmful way of behaving which you know eventually leads to um leads to everyone adopting that and realizing or at least you know coming to the conclusion that it's better Um, so so in so in summary then i think this concept of balance the, the the way that it's done with the bbc this kind of this uh this shouting match you get onto the today program which ends up leaving you more more confused than you were when you started listening to it that sound that that is quite entertaining uh, grown-ups disagreeing with each other 
uh, is a is important in sort of social debates where it's a sort of matter of opinion. But there are scientific things that you can rely on the body of evidence to say, look, this is kind. We're kind of ninety eight percent sure that this is this is right. Maybe we'll get someone who's got an extreme view, but they're really very rare compared to the climate change people who are more talking about what's the best way of dealing with this problem. And that's that. And that was the, that was the sort of the 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 the, the um, theme of the, these articles which I was reading is that. The, making the point that sort of truth isn't the midpoint between everyone's opinions. Uh, there are certain things which are known, you know, which you can are more demonstrably true than other things, scientific things, um, uh, and, and that um, the a kind of straw poll of people's opinions is not necessarily uh, the, a good heuristic for truth, but it sometimes is. So. That's why we have elections. Yeah, and I think people's discomfort with saying that, with just coming out and saying, look, I know 50% people think this tr- think this is true, but they're wrong, is that I think we, there is a sort of the, the prevailing sort of wind over the last 50 years of, of relativism, which more or less says, well, no one can really know what the truth is and your opinion is as good as mine. I mean, the problem with that view is it does fall down when, when most people are wrong, which happens quite a lot, you know. Um, so I think it, but as I said, I mean, I think, I think the, the balance, it's more the, the ideal of having balance. In theory, you don't need it. Just go and find out what the facts are. You don't even need experts at all. Just report what the facts are, you know. That's the theory. It's like, you know, Alman's uh, disagreement theorem or Alman's agreement theorem, which says that two rational people can't ever disagree, even if they've got different information. When they learn about each other's information sets, more or less, they will always completely converge on, on exactly the same opinions. In theory, you don't need balance. You just need some facts. Um, in practice, I think it's a really good sort of institutional safeguard to, to spend, uh, to, to focus on it, even at the expense of, you know, occasionally having weirdos on and, and occasionally promoting views which are pretty much uh, well outside the orthodoxy. Okay, I think, yeah, uh, Peter? Well, that leads me on to a direction onto which I wanted to steer this podcast. Okay, but... Towards the, towards the thorny island of fake news. Right, okay. Um, and I think, because this is an interesting question, the BBC has a unique position so we're just concentrating the bbc as a unique position within the media in with in the world so it's, it's it's public money it's funded largely well proportioned by uh, and it is a, a charter to provide education among other social goods to the british and the global public um so i mean i i the charter comes up every 10 years uh, and there's a big debate about what the bbc should be doing and it's public and everyone anyone can get involved but i mean if if yeah i, I, I I would I would like to see the BBC's um, purpose sort of quite fundamentally changed, not not to be a traditional media outlet. Because if you look at the BBC, strip all the branding away from the BBC, it doesn't look much different from say uh, ITV or Channel Four. It just looks like it's pumping out stuff, making programmes. It could be the same kind of thing. Whereas you know if if BBC using its unique position concentrated on providing a independent verification fact checking service um i'm thinking like uh snopes or um politifact like a that sort of thing on steroids a bigger thing um uh, that that provides a, a provides a sort of counterpoint challenge to any any out, outrageous views of any in any on any poll on the spectrum that sort of, so it kind of becomes like a sort of 
uh, a ministry of truth, although it's not. Yeah, that'd be great. Then no one would listen to it, and it would get shut down. Well, that's that's because we've got using the wrong metrics for deciding like, is how successful. It yeah, but is. you've got to. I mean, the the, BB, the reason the BBC does things like produce EastEnders, which anyone anyone you know, you might think, well, uh, you know, ITV should be doing that, and BBC should be doing documentaries about Schoenberg. Um, but the the fact is that you know they've got the the existence of their charter and the way they're funded depends on their being popular. Uh, so yes, it's a very again, Peter. It's a well-engineered uh, solution, but uh, I mean, the fact is that the BBC depends on political support. Um, fact-checking just isn't that popular. Yeah, I think yeah, it doesn't sound very attractive to me what you suggested, Peter. Um, but listen, just before we finish, um, what thing do you know to be true or and or a fact that you wish your new that you wish more people also acknowledge to be true or a fact? As an example, um, it's a fact that skinny jeans are shit and rubbish and should never be worn by anyone. <laughs> Why don't more people understand that? That's that's my one, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I've got one, uh, which is really t- driven partly by the fact that I've got delayed sleep phase disorder, but just that um, uh, everyone is getting up too early. Everyone, this is just <laughs> so well attested. Like, kids go to school too early, it's bad for them. Uh, people go to work too early. It's bad for them. People should be able to knock off and have a nap in the afternoon. It's the you know it's much healthier to do that, and uh, and um, you know the, the science is settled. But yet, will people do it? No. Everyone's scared of making the first move, or maybe people don't believe it. But it's well, everyone's got to get their towel on the, the the bench first, otherwise they miss out on the bench. So it's kind of a it kind of devolves into a tragedy of the commons, doesn't it? It, it does. Everyone's trying to get into work one minute before everyone else. You know, mm. Peter. Okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be controversial and say I wish everyone would realise that Jeremy Corbyn would be a terrible prime minister. So I thought we were going to follow through with some exact. Yeah, but I, no, okay, I no, think, I, I can just leave. Just it that, there. just yeah, that. It's, it's so patently obvious to me that uh, he'd be. Mind you, they all said he'd make a terrible Labour leader, and no one would vote for him. And then look what happened. Then there we go. Some people did vote for him. Well, yeah. but arguably he is a pretty terrible Labour leader as well. Well. But what's your metric? I mean, he took vast numbers of votes away from the Tories. That's that's got to be judged a success. Yeah. Okay, we'll stop there. Um, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you as always to listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.